Welcome to The Everyday Creative, a podcast that encourages creation over consumption. I'm Emily, a certified health education specialist. And I'm Evie, a licensed art therapist. And together, we talk about ways everyday people can incorporate creativity into their lives in order to consume less and create more. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Everyday Creative, where we help you create more and consume less. I'm Emily. And I'm Evie. And today we are going to be talking about minimalism. So what it is, how it fits into the whole creativity and consumerism paradigm, and kind of just our basic experiences with minimalism. So Evie, why don't you introduce us to the topic? Today we're branching off of our consumption um, topic. Minimalism sort of falls under the uh, realm of consumption because in recent years, minimalism, minimalism has been a practice used as a tool to combat overconsumption. Yeah, I feel but like it's been really popular here lately. It has been. It has been. I actually heard about it, um, I guess now it would have been six years ago. That's probably not when it started, but that's when I got on board because that's whenever I first heard of the minimalists, yeah. which are two guys who sort of turned minimalism into what it is today. And they started a podcast. They had a docu- documentary <laughs> called yeah, I Minimalism. Feel like they have a whole brand around it. They have like books right. and yeah. Yes. So that's how I've known minimalism. But apparently it started back in the 1960s and it was an American movement in the visual arts and music originating in New York City. And it was characterized by extreme simplicity of form and a literal objective approach. That is a definition that I found. Yeah, so it it started in the art world and it's kind of branched into into a lifestyle, I guess is is how you would describe it. Mm-hmm. So so in the beginning it started as design using mm-hmm. simple and few elements that are used to create a maximum effect. So it'd be like using just a few items in your home to make it look a certain way, to make it look crisp and clean. Yeah, like a less is more approach, I think. Right, right. Yeah. So, but as a lifestyle, it there's not one set definition. And as we talk more about it, we'll kind of go into how, you know, everybody kind of defines minimalism differently and approaches it differently. I think I like to think of minimalism as a tool in life we overconsume. like you watch shows like hoarders mm-hmm. and how people just like have all this stuff but i think people like it's it, like it does you don't have to be a hoarder to necessarily overconsume. true that would be i feel like anything can be put on a spectrum mm-hmm. whereas with minimalism someone who is just moderately minimal would be someone in the middle like they still have 
what you would consider quote unquote normal things. They go to the store and they get the things that they need. They don't necessarily, um, they're not necessarily very intentional about it. And then you have people on the the far side of minimalism who do not shop. They don't buy anything they don't need. They don't have clutter. They don't have anything on any surface. And yeah, like they, they have can put all their belongings in a backpack. In a Exactly. So they don't have anything of excess. And then on the other side of that spectrum, you have your hoarders, the ones right. that are obviously to everyone that sees it from the outside. You think, wow, you've got a problem. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So everyone probably falls somewhere on that spectrum. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so I think using minimalism as a tool, it helps you prioritize what's important. You know, you only own things that add value and have some sort of meaning in your life. You know, the spark joy thing. Yes. So you're talking about Marie Kondo, Kondo. I think is her name. She had a a show on HDTV, I believe, where she – it was like a tidying up. That might have been like a, a, an offshoot of what she does, or maybe that was part of, it maybe was that's what the first. show is called. Yeah. So that's her, her approach is that one's kind of like a tool and a design mm-hmm. uh, approach in that you're going through your house and you're picking up an item and you are tuning into that and deciding whether or not that item sparks joy in your life. And that's Mm -hmm. supposed to give you information about whether or not it's valuable and has meaning to you. And if it does not, then it's something that you could get rid of. Right. A couple of definitions from like the big names in minimalism. So from the minimalists, they say minimalism is a tool to rid yourself of life's excess in favor of focusing on what's important so you can find happiness, fulfillment, and freedom. And then you have Joshua Becker and his brand is Becoming Minimalist. His definition is minimalism is the intentional promotion of the things that bring you joy and the removal of those that do not. And it might be called, like he's referred to it as simple living, tiny living, intentional living, a bunch of different things. But the whole idea is that it's curating the things we own to best reflect our priorities and our vision uh, and vision for our lives. All right. So let's chat about some of the benefits of minimalism. Yeah. One of the one of the one that pops up is it reduces distractions. How do you feel that minimalism reduces distractions in life? Um I think it, that can happen in an in different ways. One if you think of it in terms of things that you already own, things that you things that you own, they require upkeep. And so if you own fewer things, there's fewer things to upkeep so you're not distracted by all these different things. Like maintenance and mm-hmm. cleaning and... Right. And then you can also think of it, if you're not constantly searching for something new, you're not going to be distracted by, oh, let me get on Amazon and find this or mm. ads pop up and, oh, let me click on this ad and see what this thing is. So I think that's one way that... 
it can reduce distractions. I didn't think about that, but I totally agree because if you have a lifestyle of minimalism, you're not going to be distracted by all the noise that mm-hmm. is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere in our society for what you need. And Mm -hmm. if you decide that you have everything you need and you've been very intentional about the way you fill your space, then you're not going to be swayed or distracted by all of those things. Yeah. And And when you do need to get an item, as we will inevitably need to do, you're not going to become distracted by everything else that you can purchase Mm -hmm. and shop for. Right. Even though that's difficult in Target. We all know that. Oh, sure. Yeah. But unless you need something, you wouldn't go to Target anyway. So it's like the way I see minimalism is very intentional. So whenever you need something, you have already decided you'd need that thing. And so whenever you go to the store, whenever you shop online, that is what you're looking for mm-hmm. rather than let's just see what there is, which right. I'm guilty of sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> let's just see what they have in Target. Yeah. And of course they have things. That they, I like. they always have things. Yeah. Yeah. So along those same lines, uh, saving time and saving money, kind of for the same reasons, you're not spending additional time on things you have that you need to upkeep or going to get additional things. Same thing with saving money. So what are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on that? Yeah, I would agree. I'm trying to think what more I have to say about that because I feel like that kind of covers with reducing distractions. Um, it's a very intentional way of spending your time and spending your money because you're not just going to go to the store for fun necessarily. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Shopping isn't an activity. It's a necessity. Mm -hmm. Right. Which for some people shopping is an activity, you know? Mm -hmm. One thing that I've done recently, I was just doing this and every now and then I do this because I, I'm a minimalist. I think by nature because Mm -hmm. I've moved around so much and every time I move around, I'm packing and unpacking my things. And so every time I do that, I'm noticing what I have and I get rid of things that I don't need. And I just don't like things being around. I don't like things taking up my space. And as far as the distractions goes, if there's things on the counter, there's things around me, those things catch my eye. And I feel like it takes up space in my brain. And Mm -hmm. just this weekend, uh, my husband and I went through things and moved things around, got rid of some stuff. And we have this closet where we put um, like workout stuff. Um, I have cleaning supplies and things like that. Well, it's just been open, but we just moved some curtains around and he thought it'd be a good idea to move one of the curtains over that over that closet. Oh, right. And I didn't realize how much it was taking like my attention. Every time Mm -hmm. you go by it, you see this closet that's just open. That's just full of mess. Yeah. It just seems like clutter. But whenever he put that curtain over it, it was almost like peace washed over (laughs) my brain. And I was like, wow, that feels really good, like calming. Mm -hmm. And it's something that you don't even think about. If it's a closet that's always open, you don't think about it taking so much of your mental energy, but it does. 
And so if you clean, they say, I don't know what the quote is, but it's like your external environment matches your internal. Right. And so if you want peace of mind, clean your space. Yeah. There's a book by Gretchen Rubin. She, I'm certain she's my hero, but <laughs> she wrote a book called Outer Order, Inner Calm, reflecting that that same stuff. And she gives a bunch of tips and advice on how to clean up clutter. Mm-hmm. There's certainly some truth to that. So this kind of goes along with reducing distractions, not so much with saving time and money, but it's all, you know, in the same realm. Mm -hmm. So I think minimalism can also, it helps with environmental causes and saving the environment. I think that's a Mm -hmm. bit grandiose, saving the environment, but. But, you know, I mean, that sounds, um, I guess grandiose. There's other words for that that I can't think of at the moment, but um, every saving the environment is such a huge goal. And of course, not one person can save the environment, but in order to save the environment, everyone needs to do their little bit. And your little bit is cutting down on consumption. Mm -hmm. Like instead of buying new clothes all the time, going to thrift stores and repurposing things Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, repairing the clothes that you have even. Yeah. And I think some people have like, when it comes to like getting rid of your things, whether it be throwing them away, giving them away, donating them, what have you selling them, people are like, well, it's just gonna end up in the landfill. And what people don't realize is the second that it was produced it was destined for the landfill. Mm -hmm. So you now getting rid of your things doesn't change the ultimate destination of that item. Mm -hmm. So I think if you get into the mindset where you're just not going to buy as many things, then that could be the aspect of, you know, saving the environment, you know, or or repurposing something either yourself or with someone else. So really, the if you get to the root of the problem, it is production. Mm-hmm. And since you can't change whether or not these things are produced, you could stop consuming them because that makes them then less... Less likely to be produced. Right. Yeah. So it's like full circle. But the, pro- the problem is also the, just this um, a societal norm and value. That we need so many things and that we need to look a certain way and have all these things. Mm -hmm. So by doing your part, consume less. Right. So another thing, and that that kind of leads into um, like just being content with what you have. So if you change your mindset to reflect a more minimalist mindset, I think that can lead to contentment because you will stop wanting things. Mm-hmm. So I think there, just to tie in a little mental health piece, practicing gratitude is a great way to cultivate contentment mm-hmm. by looking around your space and just thanking God, whatever, yeah, whatever it is you believe in. Just being, just holding that space of gratitude helps to reduce your feeling of want yeah. and lack. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you focus on what you have 
then you'll, yeah, be more satisfied. Right. So, and when you buy fewer things, you can have nicer things. So like what you were talking about with clothes, if you buy something that's going to stand the test of time and that's quality, it might be a little bit more expensive. So you buy one shirt for $50 rather than, you know, 15 shitty shirts that last a wash or two, you're going to end up spending more money in the long run. So, yeah. And I feel like this takes a little legwork. It takes a little research into um, sustainable materials mm-hmm. and also just waiting and being patient until you find what it is that you actually want mm-hmm. and not buying something. Oh, just because I need a, a side table or a lamp right now, I'm just going to buy the first thing that I see. You actually do your research. You look around for what you want. You try to find quality things and hopefully that thing will be a nice thing that you'll have for a longer period of time. Right. And then we touched on this one earlier, I think, um, less cleaning. Yeah. So that's nice. And that saves time too. (laughs) When you have less things around, you don't have to clean as much. Yeah. Yeah. See, it all ties in. Love that. Love that. Every time I, like, Alex and I will drive around and just, just to explore new areas mm-hmm. and we'll drive around the nice neighborhoods just to look at all the pretty places and all the huge mansions because I like to look at them, but I would never want a space that big. No. I don't know how people maintain that. They pay people to maintain it. Yeah, they must, but like a crew of people. Right. Because I can't imagine there being more than a few people that live in that house anyway. Just because in America, we don't live with tons of people and generations of people. Like our grandparents don't live with us typically. Right. We don't have 10 people living in a house. It's like a couple and maybe a few kids. Yeah. So that's just a lot of space. (laughs) A lot of space to maintain and clean. Yeah. Definitely. And I think there's some misconceptions about minimalism. And I think it's some of these misconceptions that keep people from trying it. Because I, mm-hmm. I think people think that minimalism is a structured right or wrong way to do it. But if you just kind of look at some of these people that are minimalist. They each have their own way that they go about it. And there's, there's no rules to minimalism. Like it, it looks different to everyone. Um, this kind of makes me think of our mom because Mm -hmm. like if you walk into her home, she does not look like a minimalist. Um, right. Going back to, to Gretchen Rubin, she says that people fall into to two different categories. You have simplicity lovers and abundance lovers. So I think we would be categorized as simplicity lovers. Like we want empty, crisp lines, yeah, empty clean rooms. spaces. Yeah. Whereas yeah. mom is an abundance lover. She loves to collect things. She loves to decorate. Like every flat surface in her home is covered with something. Mm-hmm. But I still think 
that she could be categorized as a minimalist because she does live simply and she prioritizes the things that are important to her, you know, like Mm -hmm. her friends are important to her. Her um, relationship with God is important to her. And those things are very clearly prioritized. And and you Mm -hmm. can see that in her life and in the way that she spends her time. So minimalism, I think, isn't just related to physical things. Minimalism can come down to how you spend your time. Right. And that comes back to values, which I'm sure we'll talk more about in a later episode. But Mm -hmm. minimalism is just very intentional. And you have to know what is important to you and what do you want to fill your space with and get rid of the excess. Yeah. And so I think another misconception is you need to have X number of items or less or you're not a minimalist. Mm-hmm. And there's not there's not that number out there floating around. So that, right. that's going to be different for everybody. Depending on your values, right? Yeah. And along the same lines, you don't have to live a Spartan existence. You don't have to fit all your items in a backpack. You don't have to only have things that provide you with utility. You can keep things around like Marie Kondo says, like if it sparks joy, then keep it. Like if an old sweatshirt, you know, it sparks joy, even though it's like two sizes too small and you don't wear it anymore. If you, when you look at it and you, and you're happy, then keep it. Mm -hmm. And one more misconception that we have is that it's ongoing. It's not one and done. Yeah. So like the, I think the conception is, is like, okay, so you've minimized everything and now you're done. It's no, it's, you're making continual decisions about what you're going to bring into your life and what stays. Right. So the misconception is that once you do this, you're done. Right. The same thing goes with like exercise. People think, you know, if you're fit in the gym, what are you doing here? You're done. Right. Right. <laughs> or like, like once you, that. yeah. Or like once you've lost the weight, you're done. Like, mm-hmm. no, you still need to maintain it. So same right. thing with. So minimalism is a lifestyle. It's not mm-hmm. that it's just not an activity that you do one day. Right. So I think there are some downsides though. It's not, maybe not like the perfect way to be without thinking about some considerations And one of them is I think minimalism can be elitist because – so one of the things that the minimalists say like when they're determining if they're going to get rid of something and it's if you can replace it in 20 minutes for less than $20, then it's okay to let it go or it's okay not to keep a backup of something like phone chargers. You don't need Mm -hmm. 50 phone chargers. If you lose one and that was your only one, well, you can replace that very quickly and relatively cheaply. But I think there is a level of privilege that goes to that, that goes with that because $20 doesn't have the same, the same value to everyone. Mm -hmm. $20 could be a lot for some people who are really, really counting their pennies. Right. Right. And so 
you're going to worry more about getting rid of things and getting rid of extra things if you don't have the money to replace it or you don't have the time to replace it. It's 20 minutes can be a lot for some people sometimes. They might live out in the middle of nowhere where Amazon doesn't deliver and the nearest town is an hour away. So it's going to be a little bit more of a of a production to mm-hmm. to replace these things that you might have gotten rid of in a fit of minimalism. Right. And one of the other downsides is that it can cause paralyzing indecision. So like we had talked about earlier, if you're waiting to find the perfect thing and you just can't find it in the store, you might just give up and you just never find anything and you end up sitting on the floor because you can't find the right sofa. So it can be challenging if you are sort of on this perfectionist side where whatever you bring into your home has to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've both suffered from that. I mean, I, I don't have a dining room table right now because I can't find the perfect one. Yeah. So for anybody that is looking to get into minimalism, I think there's some first steps, some easy steps that you can take to kind of get started. Mm-hmm. And I think step one would be just find one thing and get rid of it. Whether that is throwing it away because it's not usable anymore, donating it, selling it, whatever that is. You can just get rid of one thing. Mm-hmm. And you can also just take a look around your house and look at just a quick inventory of an area that you feel needs a little more attention. Mm-hmm. And you could focus just on that that area. Spend one day over the weekend and go through all of those things and decide what you can get rid of. Because I'm sure if you have an area like that, you will find some things that you do not need. And you're like, I don't even know what this is. I didn't even remember this was in here. Mm -hmm. Things like that. And it might just be one category of things. Like maybe you just take a look at your clothes or maybe like during Christmas time when you get all your Christmas decorations out, make sure you're using all those. Like don't keep that strand of lights that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you have a junk drawer in your kitchen. Mm -hmm. You could go through that drawer. Yep. I think watching something for inspiration can help too. Like you said, The Minimalists have a documentary. I think it's on Netflix. So you could read a book or watch some sort of – even like an organizational show would help. I just Mm -hmm. recently found The Home Edit. Uh, I think it's Get Organized with The Home Edit on Netflix as well. Excellent show. Very satisfying when you see the before and after. I'm really looking forward to watching that one. It's on my list. I need to watch it soon because things like that, before I even finish watching it, I want to get up and I want to get rid of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got tons of podcasts you can listen to as well on the way to or fro work. Yeah. All types of podcasts. Another tip, stop buying stuff. Stop buying new things. Before you go to the store, decide whether or not this thing is important or if you're just going because you're bored or are looking for something to do, but you don't actually need anything. So you go to the store anyway for what? So just don't do that. 
So we have a few decluttering methods. So the KonMari method in the life-changing magic of tidying up, she walks people around their home and picks up something and whether or not it sparks joy, they decide whether or not they want to keep it. Then we have the minimalist game. This is you start getting rid of stuff on the first day of the month. So on the first, you get rid of one thing. On the second day, you get rid of two things. Third day, three things, and so forth and so on until the end of the month. So by the end of the month, you're getting rid of 28 to 30 things, which could be a bit challenging. So yeah, that ramps clips. up real quickly. Yes, yes. I think um, the last time I heard about that, Joshua Fields Milburn was getting rid of 30 thumbtacks. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's a sign it's gone too far. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Then we have the four box method. So you have four boxes and each box says a different thing. One says put away, one says throw away, one says give away, and one says undecided. So if you decide that you want to do this in a certain area of your home, this could be a great way to organize the things as you go through them. So it still gives you a little bit of flexibility because you have a box that says undecided, but you want to put as few things in that box as possible. Yeah. Otherwise, you have not done anything and right. just move them to another place. <laughs> and uh, one tip from the home edit is once you've decided what you're donating, immediately put that stuff in your car. Yes. So you can take I it. Like to, I like to have a box or a bag pretty much going all the time for things that I want to take to a thrift store. So I take it from wherever it is. And just at any time, if I decide I don't, I don't want something, it goes in that box. Yeah. And then finally, we have the closet hanger method. This is obviously best done with things that are hung up like clothes. And you can take all of your clothes and face them the opposite way. And then as you use the clothes, you put the coat hanger on the correct way. And then after a certain period of time, you could say three months, six months, however long you decide, um, whatever clothes are still hanging the opposite way, those that's how you know that you don't need those clothes, don't wear those clothes, and can get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. So I think the main takeaway is that minimalism is not the only option and it's not for everyone, but the point is just to simply consume less. Yes. And I feel another really important takeaway is that it invites intention into your life. And that's what I love about minimalism over everything is mm -hmm. that really it makes you aware of what you're doing, your behavior, how you're spending your time, and it just really cultivates what you want in your life. Mm -hmm. And I really like that about minimalism. You can do that at any, at any level on the spectrum. It's just bringing more awareness. Yeah. That brings us to our four cues. So the question is, how does minimalism show up in your life or does it at all? So Evie, what, what do you think is the main way that minimalism shows up in your life? 
good question. Um, I talked about it a little bit already, but I feel like I tend to be a little more on the left side of the spectrum. I realize I did not define the spectrum earlier, but mm-hmm. more towards the minimalist side. You see minimalism um, being the left side. Right. Yes. Okay. In my, uh, from my perspective, mm-hmm. it's on the left. Um, and it's kind of always shown up in my life before I had a term for it, which is why I was so drawn to minimalism when I first heard about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it kind of puts a name to what I'm already doing. I've never been one to have clutter around and, you know, whatever, magazines, decorations. I'm not right. one for decorations. I really don't like any decorations. I've kind of a little bit sort of gotten on board with Christmas mm-hmm. in recent years, but it's very pared down like a tree and some lights. But outside of that, I don't really, I don't collect things. So when you say decorations, do you, are you just referring to holiday decorations or do you mean like anything up in your house? I mainly holiday decorations. Um, but I also don't have a lot of other decorations. I have some plants and I have some art. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I'm not really one for decorations. Yeah. Interesting. What about you? How does it show up in your life? So I think, I mean, really in in quite a few ways – I know you were talking about decorations and I think one way it shows up in that regard is everything that I do use to decorate my home with is the art that I do have. Either you made it or a friend made it or I made it. I make it, I I make it a point to not decorate my house with something that I can by that everyone else would have Mm -hmm. you know like it it is intentional in that regard and I think in another way that it shows up is in my clothes I have like a few key things that I wear and I Mm -hmm. don't there's not a whole lot of accessorizing I don't wear a lot of jewelry, like basically if it's not a piercing, I don't have a jewel, I don't have jewelry that I, that I use. And I think wearing like very similar things in a set color, color palette are another way that I express minimalism. So So not a lot of designs on your shirts, not a lot of brands and no, everything's very patterns. Everything's very simple. Yeah. Lots of solids. Yeah, I certainly um I align with that as well. Yeah. All right. So now that brings us to our quest. And our quest for this week is to clean out one drawer or maybe one area. And as a bonus, try one of the decluttering methods that we went over in this episode. Okay. Yeah. Be sure to tell us how that went. And Evie, if you have any drawers you need to clean out, if you I'm do. I'm sure I do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Always sure ways something. to improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So the quality creativity 
So talking about uh, all this minimalism stuff, this makes me think of one thing that I did that I think kind of falls into minimalism. I hate entertainment centers. I don't like the way they look. But the thing is you need – if you don't hang your TV on the wall and we don't – like we just have one TV in the house – and it's in like a separate room. We've always rented because we move around a lot with military. Like we're, we don't often take the time to like hang the TV up on the wall. So it needs a place to sit. It can't really sit on the floor. So I couldn't find a entertainment center that I liked. So what we did was clear off one of our bookshelves. And we did that through different ways, either getting rid of books selling, I think I sold some books, but we completely cleaned out a bookshelf and we turned it on its side. And so it created like little dividers for, you know, I think Eric has some sort of video game console. I think we still have a DVD player for some reason. Um, (laughs) So that made space for all that stuff and we could put the television right on top and we didn't have to buy anything new. So yeah. Nice. That's very creative. Yeah. A way of repurposing what you already have. Yeah, I was pretty proud pretty of simply too. It doesn't sound like it needed a lot of construction or like Definitely changing not. anything. Definitely not. It functioned very just cool. as it was on its side. Okay. Now that brings us to our last segment of our show, our quote. And this quote is by Nicholas Burroughs. Minimalism is not the lack of something, it's simply the perfect amount of something. So that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you all for listening, and have a creative week!